Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 169th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything important to us, you, the world, and nothing is off the table. This week, we are meeting author Britt East. But before we dive into a fabulous conversation, it's your favorite time of the day, Tasha's monologue. So without further ado... Have you, not only are you listening to this episode, but are you, have you downloaded this episode from WokenFree.com through the Podbean app? If not, please do. That's how you're able to join the conversation, especially if you want to ask our, our author guest questions. That's how you have to do that. Now, if you're like, Tosh, we love you. We need you. You're awesome. Love you guys. Yes, we love you too. But if you, for instance, for some reason can't like download another app on whatever device you're listening to this show on, then just make sure that you're followed and you're following and subscribed to the show on whatever platform that you're catching this on, right? So for instance, if you, we get love from iTunes, we get love from TuneIn, we get love from Stitcher, we get love from Google Play, we get love on our YouTube channel, we get love on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're on 30 plus channels. So just make sure wherever you're catching this, you're giving us love. And then, of course, sharing is caring apps in COVID-19. I can't wait to stop saying that once this pandemic is over. Uh, but I say it because it's it's our reality, guys. And we have to make sure that we are being vigilant with what's going on because things are getting scary. Uh, and so let's not share COVID-19. Let's not share racism, bigotry, discrimination, any of those things. But let's do share Woken Free, especially when we have guests like Britt East. So make sure you do that. And of course, you can always connect with us on social media and like spread the word, especially about the episode on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, I said TikTok and Pinterest at Woken Free. And then, of course, if you have 90 seconds, yes, what can you do? You can you can do a lot. You can, you know, have a non-effective nap. You can make white rice. You can also review the show. And so where do you do that? Go to WokenFree.com, go in the Listen tab, and then pick your platform of choice where you'd like to review us. Thank you for your five-star reviews. Fabulosity. Muy bueno. Oh, you know, it's, it's amazing, guys. So with that, scene end. Now, what's really great is before we can dive into the conversation with Britt, I think it's critical to share just how amazing uh, he is. So Britt East is an author speaker who uses his experience, strength and hope to challenge and inspire change oriented gay men to get down to the business of improving their lives with over two decades of personal growth and development experience in a variety of modalities such as 12 steps, nonviolent communication, yoga, meditation, talk therapy, and the Hoffman process. Britt is committed to building a personal practice of self-discovery that he can then share with gay men everywhere. He lives in Seattle with his husband and their crazy dog. So on WokenFree.com in the episode, you'll be able to access their website, his social media. He's really fun. He's active on social. So you definitely want to connect with him. And a main part of why we wanted him on the show was because he has a really interesting book that uh, <laughs> that is just fresh out the presses, right? And we wanted to, to kind of talk about it. So 
to, to give you guys a little bit of a synopsis of the book, here is a, a description that he shared with us. So many gay men find ourselves trapped in a series of no-win situations. If we don't live honestly and openly, we won't have the skills, wisdom, or relationships necessary to manifest our dreams. But when we do come out, we must confront that full force of societal homophobia and consider a variety of questions. Can we create a family without mimicking the norms of a straight society? How do we cultivate sustainable gay friendships and myths our internalized homophobia. In a world of hookup apps and disposable relationships, how do we find lasting love? A Gay Man's Guide to Life, which is the title of the book that he wrote and he's discussing with us, answers these questions. Britt East presents an approachable, no-nonsense path for gay men to set down the excuses and get to the business of improving their lives. No new age mumbo jumbo or wishy-washy self-help jargon, just real work focused on real results to unleash our true selves and unlock our best lives. So... Hello. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> so direct. Yes. And that's how we like it here at Woken Free. <laughs> and uh, we welcome this conversation and we welcome uh, this, com- not only the conversation, but to speak with someone who's so passionate about supporting the and, and advocating and bettering the LGBTQ plus IA plus community. Because here at Woken Free, we support all people, <laughs> regardless of walks of life that you come on, because that's what it is to be Woken Free. You have to be open and and accepting and also embrace diversity because we have diverse thoughts because we're diverse people in this world. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Britt East. Each week on our podcast, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week we asked, would you rather eat ice cream every day for a year or go without ice cream for two years? This week we're asking, would you rather own your own sports team on a losing streak or own a successful chain of restaurants? For me, it's definitely the sports team. I'm a huge soccer geek, and my favorite soccer team is an absolute loser. So I feel like I'm already there. Well, yes, you but, kept it woken free there. So, but you're okay having a losing streak, though? I'm used to it. They lose every season. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> What's the team, if you don't mind? Uh, their name is Arsenal. They play in the English Premier League. Oh, Okay. Gotcha. Uh, for me, I would answer by saying, as a foodie, I love food. And uh, I think uh, even with COVID-19 and how challenging it has been on the food industry and, you know, eating out, I still would go with the chain of successful uh, food restaurants. Okay. So, yeah, you both went by the actual, like, item of discussion. But mm-hmm. I, I thought about the success part. I mean, I wouldn't want to have something that's always losing. So... That'd be that would be too much for me to have a team and they're always losing. I would trade everybody off the team if I had a team like that. I don't know. Or get rid of the coach, something like that. I, I would just go with the successful chain of restaurants just because it's already winning. Yeah, it's got it's it's kind of going the way I want and you can only go up. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's just my choice. And it's not sense. about the food or the sports. I just I just like the success. Okay. Okay. Now that we've been riveted by that question. (laughs) (laughs) But now, I mean, we learned a little bit about you, about your little little, uh, soccer team that you like. (laughs) But maybe you could tell us even more about yourself and how you came to write this book, A Gay Man's Guide to Life. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a book that is basically a catalog of all of my mistakes. So when you read it, you should really try to do the opposite of everything I've done. 
I've mm-hmm. been in the personal growth and development journey for about 20 years now. And that whole time, I mean, I've been a writer my entire life. And that entire time I've been on this path, people have been saying, hey, you got to write your story. It's so amazing. You got to put it down on paper. And I always hesitated and was kind of resistant to it because I just, it felt like I was kind of monetizing my pain somehow. And I just felt gross to me um, by writing a straight up memoir. So it wasn't until I was working with a coach um, last year that I realized I could flip the script. And instead of putting my self at the center of the story, I could put the reader at the center of the story and certainly offer up details of my life and memoir to contextualize my recommendations and advice, but to really make the reader the hero. And that felt, as soon as he helped me realize that, then the whole project opened up and it was absolutely, it was an effortless process from that point on. It was just kind of miraculous, frankly, the book just kind of passed through me. Wonderful. Yeah. You definitely touched on like several different segments of a person's life uh, that you need to navigate, especially through the lens of, you know, being a gay man. Right. And so how did you like what was the key for you in organizing uh, the the book itself and and really honing in on the specific topics that you covered? Because there's a lot that you could talk about in life. Right. And there's and you went, you know, I think you gave a really good kind of smattering of different channels that people need to think about from finance to wellness to uh, family planning to just even understanding more about the LGBTQ community. So what how did what was that process like for you? Um, a lot of gay guys just need to be re-raised, frankly. We're like a bunch of children out there. I mean, just to be really honest. And and there's all sorts of reasons for us that reasons for that that's not our fault. Um uh, just through the the system of bigotry and homophobia we've were raised in. Um we spend our lives isolating and wearing masks and hiding, just trying not to get killed. And so I just had to start at the beginning and I thought through just logically all the different facets of life, body, mind, spirit, finances, career, love, friendship, family. And I just kind of ticked them off one by one. And that's how the book kind of wrote itself because I created such a strong frame and structure that I just sort of poured myself into that frame and I looked up and I was done. Um, So I just thought of it as kind of kitchen table wisdom that any um, gay person should know to navigate the world, thinking that, you know, maybe I could be the family that they never had if they were ostracized or um, estranged from their family or just had need to fill in some of the gaps that they, they missed along the way. Beautiful. All right. And I know in reading the book, I noticed there was a chapter about allyship and we wanted to know what are the key takeaways for those reading the book to become better allies for the LGBTQIA plus community? Well, like all people, we want to be seen as fully realized complex individuals. We don't want to be anybody's accessory. And sometimes, you know, if we rely on pop culture to, um, to write the template of our moral codes, then it's really easy to create caricatures of one another. And like a lot of other minority groups, 
there's a lot of cliches and caricatures about gay men out there that don't serve any of us. So the first step into allyship, I think, of any group is to see them, see members of that group as full-fledged, complex human beings and to stop, you know, to resist your assumptions, to stop painting with broad strokes and to really get to know one another. Eventually labels, they're really empowering at first and even thrilling when you first start to accept yourself, but eventually they have diminishing returns and they start to inhibit human connection. And so if we, if we are so focused on each other's labels, then eventually we lose sight of our humanity. And that's, I think, yeah. at the heart of allyship, regardless of the group. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. It seems like right now we're trying to see how we can divide each other more, at least in this country. And yeah, it's definitely the wrong way. We should all be uniting over our humanity. That's what's yeah. at the center of all of us. It, and it's hard. The stakes are so high and it's mm-hmm. it's really difficult. Where do we draw those lines? What are the deal breakers? What are the deal makers? And it's gut wrenching. Um, but, you know, if if we I guess I try as hard as I can to find ways to rule people in rather than rule them out. Mm. Okay. And when it comes to writing and kind of being as honest and open as you were, was were there anything that you were like hesitant about writing about? And if so, why and, and what was that material? Yeah, absolutely. That that really gets to the heart of my reticence at the beginning was, you know, before I wrote the book was not only because of the kind of icky feeling I had about monetizing my memoir, but it was also because so many people, all of them, that, you know, touch my life are still walking the planet. And I, you know, my, my guiding principle was to first do no harm. And I came up through the 12 step program and I kind of adopted the, some of the principles that that program uses, namely anonymity. And so there's really no names in the book. Um, it would be really um, tough to reverse engineer who the folks are unless you were, you know, really in the intimate circle. And, and so I wanted to hopefully strike that balance between being raw and real to my very core, much like you do on your podcast, yet still protecting the dignity of others and allowing, you know, creating space for grace and room for redemption. Fantastic. Well, now we're, we're all dealing with the pandemic and everything. How has COVID-19 changed navigating life for you as a gay man? I'm really fortunate in that I've worked from home for for years, as has my husband. We're both, you know, exceptionally healthy in general and have had really no direct impact um, from the pandemic. So we're exceptionally fortunate. Um, But, you know, it's it's tough being quarantined with your spouse in a tiny (laughs) house. As maybe you guys experience. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and it just requires a lot. And, you, you know, I'm sure it's also tough to be quarantined alone or, you know, all the various um, stories out there. That's yeah. that's actually what I think about continuously is the millions and billions of stories um, through this pandemic. It's just it's more than anything in recent history, something that's impacted us universally. And it's so touching um, and gut-wrenching and heart-rending to think about all the suffering, the myriad ways people are suffering. And so I feel really blessed and grateful for all that I have because, um, you know, frankly, a lot of it's not from my doing. And so I just try to um, take forth all that I can and use it each, each day to make the world just a tiny little bit better. 
Wonderful. Yeah. It seems like, uh, like for us quarantining, I feel like we were doing that before COVID-19 just we because quarantine we, yeah, we tend to be homebodies and everyone's like, go out. And we're like, or stay in. Like, <laughs> you know, like We just enjoy the comfort of home and not having yeah. to like be uncomfortable sometimes because yeah. you go out and you're like, oh, you actually like need shoes and oh, God, right? Like, you know, these the, the small things, but so. that's not fair to say we, we just finished moving. Like we were unpacking and we were True. settling into the area. We yeah, were... we moved from New York to Arizona. Uh, and, and so, yeah, and that's, you know, like 2,600 miles and it was, it was a big move. And, and so when we got here, we were just like, ugh, like we just, we just wanted to like <laughs> soak up the sun and sit in our pool and yeah. not like do much. But now, now like, and now we have the time, we have the time and we want to go out, go out now and it's like, <laughs> not really. no, 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 COVID-19, <laughs> hello, stay indoors. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting, but I guess with like, and I don't, we don't know where you stand politically, but uh, with the new change in order, right, uh, and and having Biden and Kamala Harris in the in the office next year, how do you feel like that new political leadership for the nation is going to impact the LGBTQIA plus uh, community? I am deeply concerned because of the down ballot results. And I'm concerned about the constraints and the, the media driven narrative that's already emerging from the results of the election, that it was the center of the party that drove the, dem the Democratic win at the presidential level, where I happen to believe it was the progressive movement, especially women of color that drove the success. And so I'm really nervous that it's going to be same as it ever was. But I'm a pessimist. So um, maybe that's unfair. But I just I, I've been watching Joe Biden for a long time. He's definitely not my guy. But, mm. um, you know, there's no comparison with the other guy. So that's how I voted. And I'm really nervous. And I was shocked and appalled by the down ballot results. And I'm about all that it laid bare for who we've always been and truly are in this country. And I'm really, um, I was really upset for about a week and I'm coming out of that now just fired up. Mm. Um, but man, we've got a lot of work to do. Wow. Okay. So you think it's actually, you think it's not going to get better, but do you think it could be worse than current leadership? Um, no, I don't think it, okay. there was, it'd be hard to be worse than the current leadership. Yeah. I think I'm just okay. worried that it will return. I mean, Joe Biden gave us gay marriage and for all intents and purposes, um, he was the one who convinced Obama and others in the administration to, to move forward with that. Obama was highly resistant at first. And so I'll, okay. you know, forever love him for that. But, um, there's so much more that needs to be done. And I'm, I'm just concerned and ready to hold mm -hmm. him to account um, for all that needs to be done. And I just don't buy into the kind of panacea that now everything's okay. <laughs> well, yes, no, we, we did not elect Messiah. <laughs> but I do think that the change is going to foster a bit more unity. And, uh, and, and that will be nice to see, you know, as two people of color, you know, it's been really disturbing, right, to see kind of what has happened to our community in this country under current leadership. And uh, it, it was a bit frightening to think yeah. what would happen if we had another four years of that. But, you know, it's, it's I, I like, I think 
you have a right to to be kind of like kind of pensive and be like, well, we shall see, right? And I and I do like that you said you want to hold the person accountable because I think that that's what's been missing in in the office for four years, right? This lack of accountability that this person yeah, right. refused to take accountability for anything. And, and it's, and it's not helping matters, right? Like not, and you can't blame the person for everything, but you do have to, when you take that type of role <laughs> and you want to be that, like the El Capitan, then you have to be able to take accountability for what's happening under your watch, yeah, whether you directed it or not, or had a hand in it or not. And, and it's, I think that at least by, from Biden's perspective, he seems like he's more willing to take accountability, but yeah. Yeah, he does. He's, he's admitted to his wrongs <laughs> in the past. He yeah. knows oh, his mistakes with the crime yeah, there's bill. There's no comparison. He's come out and said things. Like, yeah, Biden is not there's no our current leader. He's nothing like our yeah. current president. There's no comparison. And it definitely depends on how the Senate runoffs go in Georgia for the, the two mm. Senate seats. If those flip to Democratic seats, that changes the entire ballgame. But if mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell is picking Joe Biden's um, cabinet, and if he's setting the agenda and stopping legislation, if he's picking judges, it, it, it doesn't bode that well for us. Of course, the cessation of the moral bleeding of the last four years is a huge victory in and of itself, not to mention the symbolism of the new vice president. But mm -hmm. I'm deeply concerned that any real change in policies will be moved forward. But I'm just like I said, I'm a pessimist and I'm a fighter. So you know, yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, for me, like uh, my family's from Jamaica, so like I literally just have been just like singing and dancing to Caribbean music <laughs> every day for Kamala because I'm like, big up Jamaica, like yes, my people finally. <laughs> so it's 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 so uh, I don't know. It's I, as a young black woman, I never like Barack Obama was like I never thought that we could ever have a black president. So oh, yeah. to have Kamala, like I never thought there would be Caribbean representation in the White House. Like it's it's so incredible, and it's a black and, it, and like she says, right? Like she's the first, but she definitely will not be the last. And I think yeah. that like as human beings, we live through representation, right? So if we don't see people doing things, we don't we don't have the permission to dream that same dream that someone else accomplished. And so it's really important to go out and do things and to be authors and to be speakers and to be advocates because it gives permission to others, especially our youth, that you too can dream this dream and you too can accomplish this. And it's, it's just so moving, you know, but yeah, you've, you've got to see it to be it. We'll see, right? We'll see how the next four years go. But I, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. So <laughs> I always hope for the, uh, the the shiny rainbow, hopefully, but we will see. And by the way, I have to go back to something. I actually do blame Trump for everything. I just want to get that in there. <laughs> okay. You said, you, you said I can't blame him. I actually do. <laughs> You're listening to Woke and Free. 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 A podcast about being real and honest. So we definitely liked how the book had action items and there was bullet points on what people can do in their lives now to make changes. And on page 140, you actually broke down the concept of leverage. Can you share what you believe the key types of leverage that a person can utilize in their life is? Yeah, I mean, if you want to do something meaningful and powerful, chances are you're going to be using leverage. And leverage just means extending your resources beyond past what you could otherwise do yourself. I mean, very few of us, you know, are self-made men or women. Or I mean, that's kind of an American myth. Um, we Most of us depend upon all sorts of 
um, tools and relationships to get anything real and powerful and meaningful done. And so that's where leverage comes into play. Now, a lot of us think negatively about leverage because we immediately go to financial leverage, which scares us because of things like interest rates. But there's actually all sorts of leverage. There's like the leverage of technology, which we're using right now. We're in different states. And if we're, were not leveraging technology, we would not be having this conversation. There's marketing leverage. You know, leveraging your social connections and relationships to um, extend the reach of your audience or maybe segment your audience or get your message out to more people. So there's all sorts of different types of leverage. In fact, almost anything can be leveraged. And it's really, I think, clear, uh, important to get clear and mindful about where you're using leverage in your life and where you could be using leverage to get more efficient and effective results. Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Now picture it. Someone sees your beautiful book on a bookshelf, right? And they may be happening to listen to Woken Free, this episode, right this minute. Why should they not only just pick up the book and and kind of flip through, but why should they purchase the book and read this fantastic book? Yeah, you know, the book is for anybody. And it's not just for gay people. I just wrote it from my lived experience as a gay man. So it's not called a um, guide to life for a gay man. It's called a gay man's guide to life. So it's using my lived experience as a gay man to offer my wisdom and um, experience, strength, hope, recommendations, my kitchen table advice and opinions to help you improve your life. So you need not read it from cover to cover. You can flip through it and read it by topic whenever you need a booster shot or have questions on a specific facet of your life. And because I wrote it in such a logical, linear fashion, I think it really applies to anybody. We could all use a little pick-me-up right now in the finances department, for instance, given what so many of us are going through with this looming recession or depression. We could, most of us right now could use a lot more physical intimacy in our lives, given the physical distancing that we're going through resulting through the pandemic. So this book kind of um, identifies obstacles that you might be experiencing and how you can plow through those obstacles to be more of who you were truly always meant to be. I love it. Good job. Well, it was a pleasure having you on our show, Britt, and sharing your story with our Woken Free listeners. Now, what is the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, my website is the hub for all my work. It's BrittEast.com. And you can read free articles on the side. I have a free blog. I have links to all my socials. And then there's also a place where you can buy my book through your favorite online retailer. Books also available in stores anywhere books are sold. But the best single place is my website. Perfect. Okay. And is there anything else that you'd like to shout out or share? Uh, You know, maybe you have any upcoming news or things that you're working on right now? Well, I'm already working on the sequel. The response has just been so overwhelming. Um, It's called A Gay Man's Guide to Love. And so where the book is a broad, you know, it it attacks every facet of life. This is a deep dive into love and especially um, in the gay community um, because we got a lot of growing up to do and and have a lot of questions and need a lot of help. So I'm going to try and address that and hopefully and, and have it out in maybe early 2022. Beautiful. That sounds fantastic. Good for you. Yay. So more writing. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful and exciting. That's awesome. But is your husband like, don't share, or is he like, have at it? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he's 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 sort of like hear no evil, see no evil. He's just like, oh, whatever. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you, Britt. And yes, we will definitely share the link to your website and uh, make sure that people see a copy of your book. And uh, it's just going to be amazing for, for more people to continue to learn more about you, learn more about your story, and learn how they too can navigate life and really, as you say, kind of get that growing up that people need, but then also just like having that sense of comfort, right? Because when you get wisdom from people who share a similar narrative to you, it's it's it means more, right? And it, and it connects and resonates a bit more. So thank you for writing it. And uh, thank you for sharing your story here with Woke, Woke and Free. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. Have All a right. great day. Thank you. Bye. you too. Oh man, we are at that time again. It is the coming to the end of our 169th episode of Woke, Woke and Free. Free. Quite the episode. Speaking with author Britt East, will we leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we'll be discussing what's going on with the Native community with COVID-19. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesdays to join the conversation at wokeandfree.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please submit a topic for an upcoming episode or share how you feel on our contact us page at wokenfree.com. And again, guys, episode guests, we're talking 2021. Don't try to hit us up for 2020. This year is ending quickly and uh, we are super psyched to start creating the calendar for 2021. Now, the contact us page at wokenfree.com, you can easily find at wokenfree.com, W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. Now, when it comes to social media, please feel free to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, at Woken Free. And then, of course, all sponsorships or collaboration inquiries, find us easily on our contact us page at WokenFree.com. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast. It is a way of life. Till next time. Love y'all.